God is good. It's a blessing, a blessing, a blessing. If you look and you'll see there are a lot of people missing that's usually, and uh, there's a lot of sickness and nothing to do with COVID. Amen. Folks got so caught up on COVID that other things slipped in there. Yeah, we got to take care of ourselves and, and be careful of what we do. Gotta, flu's still around. Other things like that are still around. What I want to talk about this morning is uh, all of the people that are going through stress and anxiety caused by low self-esteem. And, as, and I'm talking about Christian people. Christian people dealing with low self-esteem. So it has to be something that we are not teaching in the church. Because you can't be a good Christian and have read the Bible and had the Bible taught to you and have low self-esteem. So a lot of that has to start in the pulpit in the Bible studies, you understand? In the homes, because this thing has taken over to the point that our schools are medicating kids up to be able to stay in school. That makes no sense, you see? Where's that coming from that teenagers at the best time in their life, when they should be just living and enjoying their life, are being destroyed by low self-esteem. And a lot of it is what people have said. We have to teach children, our young kids, it's gotta start at a young age, that it's not important what people say about you. You better learn that here. Because there, what happens is, if you're not careful, you become a man pleaser or a woman pleaser. We've got to teach our daughters to be able to understand, no, you're not to please your little boyfriend. It's not, that's not what this thing's all about. He's not to please you. If you want the relationship to work, please God. And if both parties are pleasing God and getting in the word of God, then that thing works. Am I making sense? Yeah. And it doesn't really matter what age, because it's, it's a tragedy to see, see, see what happens is in church sometimes we get self-love and selfishness mixed up. The highest form, now stay with me because I'm going someplace with this, the highest form of love we know is agape. That's how God loves you. It's unconditional love. It is the highest form of love, charity. It is the love that God has for man. That's the highest form of love there is. That's agape. Okay? And if we've been in church and we've taught our children, ourselves, about agape, then we ought to understand that we have the highest form of love possible. We cannot say, nobody loves me. Yes, somebody loves you. 
Now, and we'll get into it later, but I want to talk about that. If God loves you, he's going to make sure he gives you everything you need to function in your life. God won't put ugly in your life. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Now, I'm going to read that again. And his, his, I mean, and it doesn't matter where you're at. God loves you. Unconditional love. The highest form of love. Charity. The love God has for a man. God loves every one of you in here. That is the highest form of love. You can't be looking for, people are looking for love from a human part. No, look for love from a spiritual part. And once you receive the love from a spiritual part, it makes you feel better about yourself. All right? But some people, now I'm, I'm going backwards. I'm going backwards, you see that? There's, don't get that uh, self-love. You ought, knowing that God loves you that much, surely you ought to love yourself. Wouldn't you think? God loves you so much, and we'll get into some scriptures. Wow. You ought to love yourself. That's called self-love, and that is? Appreciation for one's own worth or virtue. You, you ought to appreciate your own worth or virtue. We're going to go into scriptures and tell you what you're worth. I've taught many years, do not let other people mirror you. Your worth doesn't come about what people think about you. Your worth really doesn't, you know, if you're not careful, Satan's lying to you. You are worth all. You are worth the highest love, agape. But if you're not careful and we preach it, you'll get it mixed up with selfish. But it's not selfish to love yourself. It's not selfish to love yourself. Selfish is what? Seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. So that kind of, that's selfish love, mm -hmm. is when you are more concerned about yourself than others. When God has blessed us, he has put us in a position to love others. Once we figure out that we, we have agape, we have self-love, then God, we got these blessings, God has put us in a position, now we can love others. Once we figured out how much God loves us, we love ourselves, now we can love others. You see? Mm -hmm. Selfish people can't do that because they're concerned about themselves and themselves only. Okay? Wouldn't it be a tragedy if the whole world was full of these people, we got a lot of them, then it would be a dog-eat-dog, -dog, as they say. Thank God that there are people that are not selfish, that are working hard, uh, scientists and doctors and nurses and other people in other professions that are working hard and giving up their time, and some of them giving up time from their families and doing these things to help other people. Does that make sense? Amen. And so one of the things we're going to start with is when we get this, agape, say agape. Agape. God so loved, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, who should ever believe in him, should not perish, but have eternal life. God so loved the world. That's us. That's when we were worldly, not when we got saved. 
God loved us before we got saved. That's why he gave his only begotten son, okay? He gave his only begotten son so that we wouldn't perish, so that we would have eternal life. That's agape. And thank God, and many of us in here that will be honest about it, thank God for that. Thank God that he loved us when we were worldly. Because some of us in here will admit if God hadn't loved us when we were worldly, we'd be six feet under. I guess they still do six feet. Six feet under. But he was protecting us even though we didn't even know he was protecting us. Because he still loved us and he was willing to pay the price for us. If God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son so that you could have eternal life, you're worth something. You're worth something. You need to take a look at that. You are worth something. You are, we ought to be excited about the very thought that God's greatest gift that he could give us is his son to go to Calvary. So it's easy when, I, when you look at that, you see it at football games, they'll have, they'll have that scripture, John 3, 16. But do you really know what it means? What does it mean to you? You see, you cannot have, I'm, I'm trying to get you down to not having low self-esteem. God loves you, my goodness. And some people say they're looking for love. Well, you're looking the wrong direction. Look up, don't look down. Once you, see, once you have God's love and you accepted his love in your life and, 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 and you feel better about yourself, you got eternal life. Yeah. I mean, that is incredible what he's done for us. Amen. Are y'all with me? Amen. And I, I've told Heather I may do all this myself, but she's there in case I get lost. You see? So once you know that he done that for you, then what should you do for you? See, God's done that for you. What should you do for you? If someone gave you a gift, I'll just use this because it's kind of a parable. If I won the lottery and I'd buy all of you all a gift, a house, I'd come and visit you and see how you were taking care of that gift. I would expect you to take care of it. Because it was a gift. Let's even break it on down. If you have children and you give children a gift, let's say Christmas, birthday, whatever, you expect those children to take care of that gift because you gave those children that gift because you what? You love them. Does that make sense? And so why, why can't we understand that there's a, and then we want them to take care of it. In other words, Listen, let me do it this way. I'm not giving you a gift. I'm giving you a responsibility. Does that make sense? So, if, 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 so when God done this, he gave me eternal life. He sent Jesus Christ to Calvary. Then he's given me a responsibility. I have a responsibility with the life that God gave me. Okay? And so many people are throwing their lives away it's sad because they acting like Jody gave them the gift or Josie. 
or Judy or Marshall, whatever. No, nobody has given you what God has given you. And, and you can go to any church this morning, any church, any place, say, how many of you love God? Everybody raise their hands up. Well, if you love God, why aren't you, how many of you believe God? Everybody raise their hands up. God, so I say, so God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, who should ever believe him, should not perish, but have eternal life. How many, they throw their hands up. But then, what comes behind that? There, you are responsible still. He didn't give you his life for his son so you could just live any kind of way. There's a responsibility. God's given me the gift of life. All right? So he's, 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 he's called me responsibility. He's holding me accountable. Me accountable. This guy accountable here. He's holding me accountable of what I do with my life. It's not him. He gave me the gift. And, and 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? God has given you a gift to house the Holy Spirit. That's powerful, people. That's powerful. He's given you this temple. That's your body. He's given you this temple as a gift, yes, to house the Holy Spirit. You ought to take care of it. You would think that people, if we know that God has given us this gift, and this gift is, is, is the temple for the Holy Spirit, we would clean it up. Who is in you? The Holy Spirit is where? The Holy Spirit is in you. It is our responsibility to take care of our temple because God has given us another gift, the Holy Spirit, and he wants that Holy Spirit to dwell in us whom we have received from God. I mean, here he's given us eternal life and then the Bible says, then he gives us the Holy Spirit to go with it. We need the Holy Spirit in this life. We don't need it when the eternal life if we make it through that, we good. So we need the Holy Spirit. God loved us enough that he just didn't put us here and say, hey, I'm giving you eternal life. He's saying, I even love you more than that. I'm going to give you a greater gift, another great gift, while you're here on earth to dwell in your body, your temple, the Holy Spirit. And you receive that from God. You're not your, and then the scripture says, you're not your own. And so you can't treat what God has given you like it's just yours. You're not your own. The Bible tells us we're not our own. So God has given Johnny Fields, and you all in here, and you all listen, he's given you a gift, eternal life, that's after you die, good stuff. But he's also given you another gift that wants to live and dwell in you is the Holy Spirit. You receive that from God. Amen. And he said, okay, you're not your own. You were bought with at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. He's telling us we got to honor God with our bodies. You got to take care of your bodies. You know, it's, a, uh, it's, it's driving me crazy with this uh, virus or whatever this thing is. We've been through smallpox, we've been through polio, we've been through measles, we've been through all kinds of stuff before. Mm -hmm. 
You see? So, you see? So let's put this aside. It's never happened. How are you taking care of the very body God gave you? How are you taking care of your temple? I've done something for a reason. You see? We, remember we had the thing was losing weight? And I should be around 165. And I was way up heavier than that. You see? Well, I'm at 170 now, thank God. That's why this is big. Anybody wears a 44 coat, call me. I got a bunch of them. They're nice. First, this one been worn once. Because I'm trying to stay healthy. You see? That's not his responsibility to make me healthy, keep me healthy. It's my responsibility to keep me healthy. Hold on now. Mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, and financially, God wants me healthy. What I do outside of my body will affect what I do inside my body. Are y'all with me? And so today's message is we need to get better. We need to get better. We need to teach our children better. You need to take care of yourself better. God has given you this body. It's a temple. Explain to them what a temple is. Your body is a temple. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell in your body. Take care of your body. You see? And it's kind of like, some people are like, uh, it's amazing to me that people think more of their company than they do themselves. You see? Oh, I got company, we got to clean up. No, no, that ain't the way that works. I clean up all the time. I'm the one that lives there. But then, yeah, there are people who clean up and they'll go behind stuff, yeah, because so-and-so's coming. No, no. Take care of yourself at all times. God has blessed you. Clean it up. Take care of it. You see? Sometimes when, when we look at this and we, we look at ourselves and uh, uh, I watch people and church folks making excuses about why they got this going on and that going on. And I want to tell them, no, God, don't blame that on the devil. Don't blame that on God. That's you. That's your responsibility. You understand? There's a parable Jesus even used one time where he talked about talents. And he gave one so many talents and another so many, so many. And then he came back to see who had done what. And, of course, you all know the story. One of them hid his talents because he said he was scared that he'd, come on. God didn't give you nothing to hide. He gave you talent, those talents and those abilities, yes, for you to cause them to grow so when they grow, other people can use them. You see, there are people in here, and I've told you last week, there are people in here that are amazing in here that keep this church running financially. I'm grateful they're paying their tithes. Uh, they don't even come in here, but they pay the tides, and we like that, and we want to keep going with it uh, uh, financially, because when it's passed, we still got to be in here, right? But there's another group of people who keep the physical part of this running. They do all kinds of work on the outside, inside, doing all this other kind of work, doing it, because they call this Christ Temple North. And they do this because it's Christ Temple, so they keep this temple clean. You see? And you, we wouldn't want you to come in a dirty temple. You see? Well, we ought not want you to, uh, this temple to be dirty. Is that, am I doing all right? So this is going to be our newest commitment. Nobody at Christ Temple North will have uh, uh, low self-esteem. 
You can't have low self-esteem once you get saved. It is a trick of the devil. For you, somebody love, let me tell you something. How many of you all believe, just say amen when I get through, how many of you all believe God loves you? Amen. Well, he's never going to give you something that's not good for you. Everything he gives you is going to be good for you. So if, if you don't have something that you desire, he knows it's not good for you. Does that make sense? So I'm looking for God. We're looking at the wrong places and, and, and wrong faces, as the song said, looking for something that only God can fulfill with his love agape. He will fulfill it. So sometimes when you pray, it's yes, no, and wait. wait. So if it ain't came, it could be no, and then it could be wait. But he knows it's not good for you. He's not going to allow it to come into your temple. You see, the old folks, what's it, a song called Respect Yourself? We need to start respecting ourselves. I don't need anybody to respect me. I need to respect myself. You see? Self-love. Self-love. Say it, read that again. Self-love. Appreciation for yourself's own worth or virtue. So now I just got to tell them, what is your worth? Your worth, look at me, your worth was enough that God would give his only begotten son to give you eternal life. To die for you. That's your worth. Think about that. That ought to excite you. That's what you're worth. Your worth was worth so much that God gave his only begotten son to go to Calvary and be the sacrificial lamb for you. That's how much you're worth. Not your mama, not your daddy, husband, wife, boy, whatever, whatever. God loved you so much, his agape, his unconditional. It wasn't if you do this, I'll do that. It's unconditional. You're worth something, people. You ought to walk out of here this morning, or you all looking at a way this morning, and look up and say, thank you, Lord. I never knew how much you loved me. You see? You live in a nice house? He loved you. That's why he put you in there. You see? You got some of you in good relationships, you got the right person. God put it there. Because he loves you. Some need to wait. Because you may not be ready for his gifts. Let's do it this way. Some of you got kids that want something that they're not old enough to deal with. You see? So, but as they get older, you would give them that gift. Because they're old enough to be responsible to be able to take care of that gift. Does that make sense? You see, everybody's responsible enough. Everybody 16 don't need a car. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. You yeah, see, you don't want to, no, no. You see, and, and what's, what's uh, what, now this is me, just say pastor. They're talking about, you know, 18 year olds getting ready to drive those those wheelers, that just makes me real nervous to see an 18-year-old in one of them 18-wheelers. Some 18-year-olds, some 16, 18-year-olds can do that, but not everybody. There are 18-year-olds that can handle that, but not all 18-year-olds is this 18-year-old responsible. It ain't about what your age is, it's about what you're responsible, the responsibility, the, the level of your responsibility. Do you understand? There are people 
who would love uh, to, I was looking at a video from Brother DJ, and I'm so proud of him, uh, that he had, that he has grown, and I've watched him grow and mature as a spiritual coach. That's what he's really doing. It's just, they just call it a coach. You know, it's a spiritual coach. You know, anybody can do the X's and O's, but he's doing a great job as a spiritual coach. Everybody can't do that, because everybody ain't spiritual. Because what he's done with, he's took his gift, and he has a love for his kids. You can't go in the hood and want to be a great coach. You got to go in the hood and love kids. And so you can, and love them enough that you want them to come out to be great men. Well, he coaches football, great men, but great men and women. That's what, you, that's what love does. Are y'all with me? All right, so where do you stand at this as an individual? Where do you stand at? Some of you in here, there's some, and they got strong minds. Some people are smarter than other people, and that's okay, you see. God gave you an intellect that's higher than other people's intellect. That means he wants you to be in a position where you can do things above what other people can do. Scientists and all those kind of things. You love God, God loves you, he gave you the gifts, you love me, and you want to help me. Somebody's going to cure cancer. And I'm glad they're working on it. Amen. You see? Amen. You understand? We need to come back down to being real people and love God like people. And when we love God, nobody, everything's for everybody sitting in here. And you all talk to your kids and get on. Everybody, you ain't here just to be here. <laughs> There's something, everybody in here is special. God loved you so much, you don't have to go around looking for nothing. He'll give it to you. All right? And it starts at, so that means you got to take care of your bodies. You see? We, we do more, athletes do a better job of taking care of their bodies to play a game than Christian do to house the Holy Spirit. That's sad. All right, here we go. Now Jesus tells us in Matthew 25, starting at verse 37 from the NIV, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind. See, these guys came to him and said, Lord, what is the greatest commandment? We're going back to love. Isaac them sung love, uh, he talked about love. So he's telling us something. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. He wants you to love him back. That's all he's asking. Some people got confused Sunday, last Sunday, because from where I was at, you got to get up here with me. When people say they serve in the Lord, do you remember I made the statement? What are you serving in? All he wants is you to love him. And if you love him, you'll praise him and worship him. That's all we can do for him. And praise him and worship him. If we love God, then the only way we can serve him is by serving others. All right? And loving the Lord your God, this is the first and greatest that's commandment. The, that's the first one. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That's powerful. He wants all of that love from us. It starts with loving him. And uh, the younger you get that, the better off you'll be in your adult life. 
the better off you'll be in that life. You see, now listen to me. Don't y'all be trying to put stuff on Facebook. <laughs> Try to get what I'm saying. There are people, millions of people, protesting in schools, okay, whether you should wear masks or not. Right? And that's okay. To go, you know, and they say, my kid has a right not to wear it or right to wear it. Isn't that right? Why don't we have millions of people, Brother Trevor, protesting why my kid can't bring a Bible to school? Why my kid can't pray at school? What happened to that? Now, when I grew up, you could do that. But I, I still don't think you do it now. I think, you know, in the mornings, Every morning, when in the old days you could do the national whatever it is, and then you could then you do do the Lord's prayer. Why are we why aren't we doing fighting for the right to worship and to praise and to love God every place we go and to speak about Him? You see, we need to work on that. All right. So in verse 39, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And love your neighbor as yourself. That cleans up a whole lot of mess. Love your neighbor as yourself. You see? But guess what? If you don't have self-love, you can't love your neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. and, and, and a lot of times, now listen to me, People are wondering why so many of these young people are committing crimes and, and all of this kind of stuff and, and, and the homicide rate is they don't love themselves. And a person that doesn't love themselves can't love you. See, if I, and there's some single folks in here. What I would do if I was you, I'm sitting at the table and I'm having dinner. That's what you ought to do first and talk first and get to know this person and see what they think about themselves. If they don't think much about themselves, they ain't gonna think much about you. The Bible says you gotta love your neighbor as yourself. And I've said it, you know, because I like to do things and sound sarcastic sometimes. There's some people I wouldn't want them loving me because the way they love themselves, uh-uh. But then there's some, you, they get it. They love themselves. They love God and they love themselves. Thank you. And they can love me as their neighbor. He says, love your neighbor yourself. Not even your friend. Said your neighbor. You see? This church ought to be full of love. We ought to love each other in this church. Yes, there ought to be a feeling of love that spreads in this congregation. Because we're obedient to God. And God has told us to love... There are people I can say, love God, they'll raise up, but then you got to love me. You can love God without loving me, you're being disobedient. Because he told you to love him, but you got to love me. Didn't say you have to like me, but he said you had to love me. All right, where am I? And that love for your neighbor, the Amplified says, is unselfishly seeking the best or higher good for others. You, this is... This is what is a good, tremendous thing is when you get in a position that you want to help other people to get higher. 
You want to you reach down in there and grab somebody that's in a lower spot and bring them up to a higher spot. You know how you can do that? There's a scripture. Remember, we've done a sermon. God put me up on a higher rock than myself. If you're up on a higher rock than yourself, then you can reach down and put somebody up on a rock beside you until they can find it for themselves. That's one thing I loved about coaching. That was the one thing I loved about coaching is I was able to work with young people and, and, and help them. I wasn't a very good coach, but I was a much better uh, spiritual coach than I was a regular coach. And, because, and it was, Brother Trevor would tell you, it was pretty easy. Uh, most coaches know that most of the kids in college, know, they've been running since they've been this, this tall, so they know most of this. They just need to be motivated to use their gifts, their talents, and their abilities. And some of them just need somebody to love them. You see, there are kids that need that hug from that coach, and that's so dangerous because the idiot coaches that do stuff, but all they just need to say, come on, you can do it. You're all right, come over here. Put your arm around them and say, let's try it again. That's what love does. All right. So God put me in a place to be a spiritual coach, okay? But everybody else thought I was a track coach. Are you with me? All right. Again, from the passion, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart. And see, he wants, he wants with every passion. Yeah, that's good. He said with every passion. I mean, that means when you love him, you feel him. And he feels you. You see, this is one thing that still bothers me about praise and worship. Sometimes when people sitting, they don't get it. Praise him. Worship him. With all the passion you have. You see? If we would learn to teach our kids to love God with passion like they do running them down these courts and fields. Wow, what, it would change this whole thing. There'd be no bullying. You see? We might would get upset. And we might would say, if it wasn't for the love of God in me, I might have. But because I love God, I've got to love you. Unconditionally. You see, mm -hmm. I, well, the young man that um, uh, Antonio Brown, I guess is his name, that everybody saw on TV that got upset and uh, tore his clothes off and threw stuff up, up in the stands and people criticized him. Didn't know the whole story, but they, they criticized him and he's borderline anyway. He's got that borderline personality, you see? And so instead of criticizing him, somebody might want to ask what set him off. You see? What is, what is his mental condition, his emotional condition? Love him and pray for him as a man, not a football player. You can't, yes, as a man, not a football player. These people are human beings. You see? Amen. All right. So again, love the Lord your God, 
also with all the energy of your being. And he wants all the energy. Love him. Love him. Don't be scared to raise your hand up when they're doing them praise songs. Love him. Tell him you love him. Yeah. They were doing that. Yeah. Put him up. Mm -hmm. Love him. Because he's going to be the last one and the first one. Yeah. He'll be there when you take your last breath and then he'll be there when you make your transition. Right. Love him. All right? And love him with every thought that is within you. And he's even getting into our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Every thought is in us. Let me tell you how this works. Listen to me. Love him with every thought. Guard your heart. Ear, heart, spirit, react. Guard your ear. The Bible says guard your heart. You guard your heart. Let me tell you how you do it. You guard your heart first by guarding your ear. Don't forget that. You guard your heart by first guarding your ear. Because who's in your ear? If you get to listen to it, it'll get in your heart. I hear people say this sometimes, so-and-so broke my heart. They shouldn't have got that deep. They shouldn't have got that deep. You should have gone, because they broke your heart because of something they done. Something they said. Guard your heart. Belongs to God. All right? And this is the great and supreme commandment. The second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. And I got that now especially in the passage. This is the great and supreme, and nothing but supreme, supreme commandment. Not just a commandment, supreme commandment. And the second is like, it's important. You must love your friend the same way you love yourself. So I wasn't wrong by saying, hey, I'm going to check you out how much you love you. You see? Because you can't love me unless you love you. You love God, you love you, you can love me. That's how it is. I'm taking my time. Feel great? Am I doing all right? Because I want Christ Temple North to be a special church. I don't want us to get caught up in all this foolishness that's going on, politics and all that craziness. No, it's about God. We talk about, if we would talk about God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Ghost, as much as we dealing with it, everything else, we'd be a better people. You see? Satan is tricky. He's distracted us. And we've forgotten what our duty is. You see? We got to do this one thing. So I said something once and somebody got, got upset at me. He said, you got to love people you don't like. You see? You got to love people. Now, matter of fact, I got into a thing with somebody. Uh, President Trump is a Christian. Yeah, he is. You yeah, see? You don't have the right to say who he is. Ain't. You don't know about him. You know, politicians, the other politicians are saying crazy stuff. Pastors are saying crazy stuff. You see, we don't have the right to judge another human being. We don't know them. And we don't know what's behind their thought pattern. So if you love God, listen to me. You love yourself, go with neighbor, 
You may not even know your neighbor. There's people in my neighborhood, I don't know, but he says he loves them. Pray for them. Don't talk about them. Pray for them. That makes you uncomfortable, doesn't it? All right, we're about to finish up here. So again, from the message says, Love the Lord your God with all your passion, prayer, and intelligence. With all of what? Passion, prayer, and intelligence. He wants it all. Mm-hmm. You're doing that. That's right. Passion and prayer and intelligence. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes prayer is praise. Sometimes prayer is praise. Okay? All right. This is the most important, the first on any list. But there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. And that's 38, 39, excuse me. Therefore, but there is a second to set alongside it. Love others as well as you love yourself. You ain't got to like everybody. Everybody doesn't like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, but you can love them. Who, who agrees with everything that some, everybody else says? What gets me with this thing that's going on now all about everything? Everybody's got something to be disagreeable about. Uh, they think their opinion is the only opinion. That's crazy. No, but I'm going to love you no matter what your opinion of these things are because when time passes, and what your opinion was then, you're gonna need me, I'm gonna need you, because we need each other, so we need to love each other, and be about loving each other, instead of about disagreeing with each other, and trying to prove that we're right about something. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. And this is one of my favorite, I'm gonna stop. Revelations 2, verse four through five. And this is the part that we don't never want God to say about this church. I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had for me at the beginning. He said, I got something against you. You've abandoned that passionate love that you had for me in the beginning. In other words, you remember, it's kind of like dating. You know, dating gets exciting. And you, you, you can't wait to see and talk and do all those things and flowers and all that stuff gets together. And if you're not careful, you know, the big, the nice restaurants, mm-hmm. you're not careful, it's McDonald's. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going out, I'll bring something in. Mm-hmm. Love like you first met him, her. That's what he wants. He wants you to love him like you first met him. When you wanted to open your Bible up, couldn't wait to get the Bible study, couldn't wait to get to church, was excited to talk about the Lord. You see, he wants that. Mm-hmm. That church lost it. Christ Temple North, we don't want to lose our passion and love for him That's right. that we had from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Not in this church. Nothing in Christ Temple North is more important to us than the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing. We don't care about politics. We don't care about uh, viruses, we'll come out, all that stuff. We just got to deal with that. But nothing is more important for Christ Temple North members to love Jesus Christ and friends, love Jesus Christ with passion. Amen. And think about how far you have fallen, he says. You got to think about it. Have you fallen? Repent and do your uh, uh, 
and do your first works. Love me like you used to love me. Some of you have been in there, may have been in there before. You wish that the people, maybe somebody sitting beside you this morning, I wish that we had the love and the intimacy that we had before. It don't have to be, a, it don't have to be couples, it could be friendships, you see. God, we're going to ask God, repent to God. We may need to do that as a church, individuals. Say, God, I'm sorry that I allowed my love to dry up for you. I'm coming back. I'm going to give you the love and the passion that you had before. That's what I'm here for. Because when I give that, when you give God that, and you give him that love, and guess what? He gives it back. He'll love you back. And when God loves you back, there ain't no greater feeling than God loving you back. I'm telling you, ain't no greater feeling than God loving you back. You see, this, uh, uh, sometimes when I, uh, I'm listening to Christian music, I just get excited. Just me up there, upstairs, listening to the, cute, uh, the Christian music and thinking about the, the journey and how far God has brought me and protected me when I was ignorant. And, but he loved me enough to cover up my mistakes. What a God. How could you not love a God that loved you when you was in the hog pen like the prodigal son and allowed you to live long enough to get back to him? That is a great thing. That's how God loves you. Amen. That's it, isn't it? Is that it?